Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Double FM Sports. I'm Todd Smile. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Drake. And since last night was the first round of the NFL draft, we're going to break down all 32 picks from the first round uh, for today. Um, but before we get into that, we do have a little bit of news that we need to share with you guys. Because um, despite sports not really being around, stuff is still happening in the sports world. Uh, yeah, most of it tends to be college basketball, whether it's declaring for the draft, high school athletes committing. I mean, there's a number of high-profile athletes that have committed or made announcements, I feel like, in the past, whatever, seven or probably five days. I mean, if we want to start out with the late, least recent, I guess, four days ago, one of the guys that I think is a little bit underrated, he was a freshman out of Virginia Tech, Landers Molly, he transferred to Memphis after a not-so-great year for Virginia Tech. I mean, Memphis has got a great program, Virginia Tech's got a young program, but he just wanted more, so... Uh, along the lines of transferring, there's not much when it comes to college, but a, a big transfer announcement. And it's not really a transfer announcement, but Zare Wade, the legendary Dwayne Wade's son, will be taking a post-grad year instead of committing to college at Brewster Academy. And number one point guard in the 2022 class, Dior Johnson, he played alongside Josh Christopher this past year at Mayfair. He'll be transferring to Oak Hill Academy. And that's that's pretty much it for transfers. I mean, we got a few guys declaring for the draft. Isaiah Joe at Arkansas, Elijah Hughes, Syracuse, Kira Lewis at Alabama, Tyshawn Alexander, Creighton. Uh, there's a few guys out of UCF. Corey Kisper out of Gonzaga and... Who's the other one? I can't even remember. But besides that, uh, I guess we could talk a little bit about the big NFL thing that happened besides the draft this week. Uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski will be reuniting in Tampa Bay. Yes, which is scary all in its own, but at least it's not like a team like the Niners or like, I don't know, a team that like usually is pretty good. I mean, Niners have had some lean years within the past decade, but um, the Bucks they won their Super Bowl and then like five years later fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, I yeah think, pretty much. I think it's a good... Uh... I think it's a good move. Obviously, the uh, the Buccaneers' offense is is pretty stacked now, so they might have to try to trade a tight end or something like that. But we'll see. Well, I've actually heard that uh, it's not Bruce Arians, but it's one of their receiving guys, like one of their receiving coaches, said that they're not planning on trading OJ Howard because they want to have that dual set tight end. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be. That definitely not be terrible. I mean, just that. It, it kind of worries me, but not, is the fact that we saw this kind of happen with the Browns last year, where they picked up, you know, Odell, Jarvis Landry. They had this, like, stacked offense. Everyone thought it was going to be good. And what were they, like, 6-10? and 10? 
I mean, you have a little more age with your team here in Tampa Bay, but it's still kind of the same concept, and it just, I hope everything works well for them, but it, it kind of was a little bit worrying, at least for me. I mean, at the same time, though, you brought up the Browns, and I don't think the Browns' shortcomings last year was a result of them having Jarvis and Odell together. I think that was, A, a coaching problem, B, a quarterback problem, which resulted from the coaching uh, problem, and C, a weak offensive line. So... I don't think they're going to have the same coaching problem with Bruce Arians. Um, They most certainly aren't going to have a quarterback problem with Brady. And offensive line, I mean, we'll get to this later, but um, they drafted an O-lineman last night. So as long as they continue to build up that O-line, I think they'll run a different path than um, the Browns did last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's any other news that's worth mentioning, so. Um, I do got, I got one thing. Oh. I forgot to mention the college basketball, I forgot. Matt Harms, who didn't have a great year at Purdue last year, but he had a good year two years ago, uh, is grad transferring to BYU. He chose it over Kentucky and Texas Tech, which is, I don't know about to you guys, it seems a little bit weird that he wouldn't go to Kentucky, especially with the fact that Guys like Khalil Whitney, Nick Richards, and EJ Montgomery all have declared for the draft and are expected to not be back. But um, that's just me. Maybe it could be for religious reasons. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see how he does. He's seven three. If you didn't know, so he's he's a big guy. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I I think it's time to move on to the uh, the main event of the um the show here uh we had the nfl draft last night uh it was just the first round um obviously virtual due to um the coronavirus going around so um i guess we can get right into it so um with the first pick obviously the Bengals took joe burrow i mean i'm I'm, i think we're all gonna agree not not really a shock to any of us i would say yeah i uh i was doing those instagram graphics that are on our Instagram account, FFM.sports network. Yes, I am plugging our Instagram on the podcast, but I was doing the graphics and I told Ethan last night, I said, I've got my Joe Burrow one already made and I've got the caption typed out. If Joe Burrow doesn't go number one overall, I'm going to be really upset because I already have everything done for it. Yeah, I mean, you heard me say this in the mocks. I mean, I personally would have rather... The, uh, the Bengals taking Chase Young here and stuck with Andy Dalton. Because personally, I'm not sold on Joe Burrow. I think we've only seen one good year out of him. Um, and suddenly, everything, it, it's like the world is on fire. Um, because he had this one record-breaking year, but we don't know if that's going to translate to the NFL. We don't know how he's going to perform at all in the NFL, really. Um, I just think there's too many unknowns, whereas Chase Young has been consistent and I think would fill a definite need for the Bengals, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, obviously with that being said, Chase Young was picked number two by the Redskins, so 
not too far off from what you were thinking. I mean, like you said, great player. He's been consistent. An absolute freak if anybody was watching the draft footage. I mean, they were playing his highlights, and I couldn't get over the fact that Chase Young was just, like, ripping apart offensive linemen, getting to the quarterback, deflecting passes, causing fumbles. I mean, he's, he's going to be something special, I think, for the Redskins. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, yeah, so obviously those first two, not surprising. I don't think pick three is that much of a shock either with uh, the Lions taking Jeff Akuda, um, Chase Young's teammate out of Ohio State. I mean, this guy was the best corner in the draft this year. Um, he's very, he's got excellent man-to-man cover skills. Um, he's just an absolute beast. And, I, and obviously with the Lions getting rid of Darius Slade, it's a very good pickup for them. Yeah, I would. I would agree. I think he definitely is the best corner now in the mocks. I, I did not have the Lions picking him. I actually have been picking Isaiah Simmons, but we'll talk about Isaiah Simmons a little bit later. I thought, I, I thought it was a good pick. I just, I, I don't know. It wouldn't have been. It would not have been my pick if I was Lions guys picking. I mean, again, no hate to Jeff Okuda. The guy literally had no penalties on him, no pass interferences, no holdings all year. He's locked down. I'd compare him to Jalen Ramsey when I watch him play. I mean, he's a special guy just like Chase Young and Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to not deny that this is a good pick um, for the Lions. I mean, obviously they need help in that secondary um, because their only real – now that they got rid of Darius Slay, their only real high-profile guy in um, the secondary is Desmond Trufant, who got cut by the Falcons. Um, so definitely a need. I'm actually kind of surprised that the Lions didn't um, trade down here because there was definitely a lot of speculation um, that they would try and trade out of that pick. Um, but I, I still think they got a good deal here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then moving on, the um the Giants taking O tackle uh Andrew Thomas, which I mean, we knew the Giants were gonna take a ta- uh offensive lineman. Um, I don't know if anyone thought that this would be the O lineman that they took. I thought well, I thought Jedrick Wills was the best O lineman in the draft, but I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. We all know you thought Jedrick Wills was the best offensive tackle in the draft because he's from Alabama. But but if we want to go back to when we had our mock drafts, I actually had Andrew Thomas going for. I thought he was the best tackle. I got that pick right. I mean, sorry, but your Alabama bias didn't work. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, he's a, don't don't get me wrong. Andrew Thomas is a great player. So yeah, and I'm not hating on Jedrick Wills either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, regardless, I still didn't see Andrew Thomas being the four. I would have seen, like Ethan said, someone like Jedrick Wills or Tristan Wirfs, even Mekhi Becton. Um, but I, I really wasn't seeing Andrew Thomas at four. I think maybe he went a little high here, but, I mean, we've really yet to see him play um, in that that Giants environment. So we'll see how that shapes up. All right, well, moving on to number five, we have the Miami Dolphins. And um, uh, as if you didn't know, last year there was a whole thing about Miami tanking for Tua, and obviously 
Ethan, I'm sh- I'm sure they've heard about it. I'm sure they have. Okay. Well, anyway, they, sure. did, they anyway they did take two of Tonga Vailoa. Um, I mean, I'm a bit of a risk here, as uh, as you all know, Tua did have some injuries um, last year that he that needed surgery. So this is a big risk for them, but um, they they must have thought it was worth it. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of like high risk, high reward here. I mean, Tua's one of the. I feel like. Even though there's guys like Chase Young and Joe Burrow, I feel like Tua has a higher ceiling than them. Although he has that, you know, that durability question with his injuries. I mean, besides the hip injury, I'm pretty sure he missed a... Didn't he miss some time before that with an injury on the opposite leg? Or... Uh, yes, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, I guess there's, there's some durability questions, but I feel like I mean, two is probably the highest upside pick that you saw last night. And so I think it's a smart pick for the Dolphins. I know there was some speculation that they would. There was some speculation that they'd actually draft a tackle, which I was really hoping they wouldn't because I, I just didn't see why they would draft a tackle when you, got, when you need a quarterback and there's a guy like two on the board. Yeah, I mean... I really don't see a, a whole lot of problems um, with Tua here. I mean, yes, there are the durability concerns, but um, Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to last forever, probably won't last for more than two seasons, and Josh Rosen most certainly isn't your guy. Um, so, yeah, decent pick here. And based on the quarterbacks that at the five were still left on the board, I think Tua is probably the best out of them. Um so, yeah, smart pick here. All right, moving on to the sixth, we have the uh, L.A. Chargers. And they were also in need of a quarterback, so they took the next best thing available, and that was Justin Herbert. So, again, obviously with Philip Rivers leaving, um, they needed someone, and I, th- I think Anth- Justin Herbert is that someone for them. Yeah, I'll second that. I'm looking at my graphic and I'm I'm realizing this Oregon green does not look too nice like with the uh, powder blue of the Chargers logo, but I'm hoping Justin Herbert will look a little bit nicer in that uniform because I think he's there to stay for LA. I think he's, despite what I said about how good Joe Burrow is in the upside of Tua, I think Justin Herbert's the most pro-ready quarterback at the moment, and I think he's going to fit into that LA system and he's going to... He's going to do pretty good things, and watch out for him for uh, the U.S. current season. I mean, for me, like with Burrow, I'm still not entirely sold on Herbert. Um, I just really haven't seen enough of him yet, and um, but I could be wrong. Um, I mean, you might recall last year that a, a somewhat underrated guy also got drafted at six as a quarterback. And that was Daniel Jones, who absolutely killed it as a rookie for the Giants. Um, so I could be wrong here. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I have a feeling he's probably going to split time with Tyrod Taylor. Maybe not, um, but definitely a, a likelihood or at least a possibility. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to the seventh pick here, we got um... – Defensive tackle Derek Brown going to the Panthers, and I thought this was a great pick by Carolina because obviously um, their interior needs a lot of work, and Derek Brown is an absolute 
beast out of Auburn. So I, I think that was a great move for them. Yeah, another. I mean, not obvious pick, but I mean, Derek Brown's a great player. Carolina needs a great player right now. I mean, they did not have a good season last year, obviously, by the fact they had pick number seven. But, I mean, Derek Brown seems to fit that team pretty well, I think. Yeah, for me at this point, it comes down to two players here. You either take Derek Brown or you take Isaiah Simmons. Um, and then, um, little spoiler here, uh, as we saw a pick later, Isaiah Simmons went off the board. Um, but, I mean, I really don't have a problem with them taking Derek Brown here, but um, I I feel like someone to fill that linebacker position is also kind of necessary, but they might be able to get someone like, I don't know, Zach Bond later. Yeah, yeah, I think so, because, yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to the pick, as Todd alluded to, the uh, Arizona Cardinals selected Isaiah Simmons, I know. JR was uh, uh, over the moon about this pick, and I, I think he's right. I think this is a good guy. And uh, it says linebacker, but this guy can play safety corner. He can kind of play nearly wherever, so he's, he's he, he, he can play anywhere. So um, I want to hear JR's thoughts on this pick. Well, Ethan, I was on the phone with you as we were managing the uh, Twitter and Instagram last night, and you heard me. Basically yelling at the Panthers on pick seven to please take Derek Brown because I wanted Isaiah Simmons so bad. If I'm going to be honest, this is a little bit of a bold statement because he went at number eight, but I feel like because of his athleticism and versatility, Isaiah Simmons is the third best player in this in this draft class behind Burrow and uh, Chase Young. So the fact that he fell to eight to the Cardinals, I really thought the Cardinals were going to have to take an offensive lineman or anybody but Isaiah Simmons pretty much so the fact that Isaiah Simmons fell at eight I'm ecstatic about I mean you get you bring in DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver you bring in Isaiah Simmons at outside linebacker slash safety slash corner he basically can do whatever you want besides defensive line I'm sure you can rush the passer anyways so I'm very happy about this but if you couldn't tell yeah I mean I think the way I see it is based on needs um, Simmons would probably be playing linebacker because, I mean, you've got Buda Baker, who was a Pro Bowl safety last year. Um, you've got an aging Patrick Peterson, so maybe you could put him at corner, but, um, I mean, I, you definitely need some help at the, at the linebacker position. So I'd say that's probably where you put him. Yeah, um, moving on. To the Jaguars, uh, taking C.J. Henderson, a cornerback out of Florida, obviously getting rid of A.J. Bouye um, recently and Jalen Ramsey the previous year. You needed someone to fill in that spot, and I I think C.J. Henderson uh, was the best guy available for them to do that, so I I like that pick. Yeah, I do too. I When we went through mock drafts, I wasn't 100% sure if C.J. Henderson would be a top-10 pick. But as the draft went on and it got closer and closer to the Jaguars, it just made sense to me. And I I agree with the pick at nine because, like Ethan said, A.J. Bowie is going. Jalen Ramsey left a little bit ago. There's, I mean, no, again, I'm not trying to disrespect any athletes here, but I don't even know the names of the Jaguars starting corners. 
So, Darquez Denard from the Bengals. Oh, shoot. I can't be hating on him. He's an MSU grad. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think as as we'll go on with the draft, I feel like CJ Henderson and Jeff Okuda are probably the top two cut. Like, they were the clean cut top two. And then there's some questions at the cornerbacks that come next of where they rank. So, I just feel like smart pick for the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, I could have seen that. I could have seen them taking someone like Javon Kinlaw. I mean, I saw that in at least one mock. Um, I mean, he's still on the board. They do probably need help at D-line, especially since Ngakwa could potentially leave at some point. And you just lost um, a defensive uh, set piece like Calais Campbell. So um, definitely some help there. But, yeah, you do need... You do need more than Darquise Denard to um, to play hey, cornerback. Hey, so let's not let's not hate on my boy on MSU. I'm not I'm not hating on Darquise Denard. Um, I love saying that name, but he's no AJ Boyer, and he most certainly is no Jalen Ramsey. I'm not saying CJ Henderson is going to be either than those guys, but he has a decent shot, uh, especially if he's coached well. Yeah. All right, moving on to the 10, we have the Browns. And obviously, the Browns allegedly have a good offense. Allegedly. Um, What do you mean allegedly? They do. Well, we said they they had a good offense last year, and look what happened. They did have a good offense last year. Their offensive line was just terrible, and that's going to lead you into what you're about to say. And, yeah, they took um, out of Alabama my guy, uh, Jedrick Wills, which, I mean... They need an offensive lineman because obviously their all lines uh, struggled last year. So I thought this was a good move for them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like although I had Andrew Thomas as the top offensive tackle in the mock drafts, between Mackay Beckton, Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas, and Tristan Wirfs, they're all pretty, I don't say interchangeable, but they're all pretty talented at the same level. So I feel like with the Browns needing offensive linemen, like Todd said earlier, Kendrick Wills makes sense. I could have seen, you know, Mackay Beckton, Tristan Wirfs, but I don't think it really matters which offensive lineman you take at this point, if it's one of those three. Yeah, and I feel, I mean, you talked about all four of those guys, and after Thomas went, Wills, Beckton, and Wirfs all were within um, – a span of four picks. So, um, so a little, again, spoiler there, but, um, yeah, I think smart move, um, to, to help bolster that Browns O line. Um, like I said in the mocks, I would have, I, I thought it would have been really interesting to see if the Browns had gotten someone like CD lamb. Um, I just think that would have been kind of a scary wide receiver, um, trio with Lennon, Jarvis Landry, and Odell. But, um, I mean, definitely a smart move to, to help that O-line. Yeah, and then moving on to the 11th pick, um, the uh, Jets uh, took um, Makai Becton out of Louisville. So, another offensive tackle. This guy's, this guy's a beast as well. Um, I, I think it, it's good bolster to the Jets' O-line, which has struggled 
recently as well. Yeah, I mean, he's fast. I'm pretty sure we're in five one. He's big. I'm pretty sure he's three hundred and three sixty four. Yeah, that that's big. Three sixty four is pretty big, especially for a five one. And my God, is this guy strong? I mean, I watched him push a truck during the draft. They literally, literally pushed a truck with stuff in the bed. I think yeah. that's that's kind of a no brainer when you're talking about if he's good or not. So. Smart pick for the Jets. Give Sam Donald some more time to see those ghosts. I mean, I definitely like Makai Becton here. I mean, he's a man mountain. Um, I meant to say this earlier about the Browns. I actually would have found it kind of interesting. Uh, I feel like Becton really would have fit in well with that Browns dog pound kind of attitude. Um, But I don't know. I feel like... The Jets had other needs that needed to be addressed here. Um, they made some good O-line decisions in the offseason. And I think really they needed a wide receiver. And when you've got guys, really you have all of the wide receivers still left on the board. You've got Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, Jefferson. I mean, that's the top four wide receivers in the draft right there. You could have had your pick any of them, and you took an alignment, which isn't a bad thing, but after you lose Robbie Anderson in free agency, you're left down to to who? Jamison Crowder and Demarius Thomas? Yeah, that's that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I definitely could have used the wide receiver. um, So that was kind of surprising. And speaking of Henry Ruggs, uh, he goes to the uh, Raiders at the 12, obviously, uh, we knew the Raiders were going to take a receiver. We just didn't know which one. Um, um, I mean, personally for me, this this pick, I feel like they could have done. I feel like they could have maybe used maybe a Jerry Judy or C D Lamb more than Ruggs. But then again, Ruggs is a very speedster. Uh, he'll be able to run the deep ball for them. So I mean, the only problem is they Derek Carr is not the best at throwing the deep ball. So yeah, I mean. I'm pretty sure during our mock drafts, we all had them taking a wide receiver. I feel like this is a very Raiders thing to do, a very John Gruden, Mike Mayock thing to do, because they address their need, which is wide receiver. But I feel like Henry Ruggs, when you have a chance, when you have a choice at all three of the receivers that are there, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs, I feel like no one really expected Henry Ruggs to be the first one to go out of the three of them. I mean, personally, I think C.D. Lamb is the best out of those three. Ethan, you're going to hate this because I'm not only taking C.D. Lamb over one Alabama receiver, I'm taking him over both of them just because of his pure explosiveness. I mean, C.D. Lamb is so explosive at Oklahoma. And, I, I mean, again, no hate on Henry Ruggs. I just – I like the, I like that they addressed their needs. I just don't know if I like the way they did. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at here. Uh, I'm going to agree and say that I think C.D. Lamb is probably the best wide receiver in this draft. Um, and I'm actually not even going to say because of his explosiveness, but the man's hands are insane. Um, and in the words, like I said last time, in the words of, I think, Nate Burleson, he's got a catch radius the size of a garage door. I mean, he, he honestly reminds me just in that respect, a little bit of DeAndre Hopkins. So why do you pass up on that for a guy that has been, um, 
compared to someone like Ted Ginn, who, no hate to Ted Ginn, he, he's a good speedster, he's still a good receiver, but he's no DeAndre Hopkins, um, and uh, Ruggs fits into that, that prototype. I would have taken someone like Lamb, even Jerry Judy here, but I don't think Ruggs is the guy. Yeah. All right, well, then we had a uh, a trade. Um, the the Buccaneers and the 49ers swapped their 13th and 14th picks, which is I, I, okay. And obviously, um, the Bucks took Tristan Wirfs, which is a very good move for them, seeing as their O-line struggling, and they want a lot of protection for Tom Brady. So uh, Tristan Wirfs, the best, probably the best O-lineman available at the time, and I, I thought that was a good pick for them. Yeah, I mean, the trade really didn't make sense to me. Maybe they were afraid that San Francisco would take Tristan Morris and then they would have to settle for one of the not top four tackles in the draft, I guess, to protect Tom Brady. It doesn't make much sense to me, the trade itself, but the pick does. I mean, like Ethan said, you got to protect Tom. He's, what, 40? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, at first the, the, the trade didn't make sense, but I was talking about it with a friend of mine last night, and one of the things he brought up was that if the Niners really wanted like, someone like Warriors, or if they, they really wanted the same guy that the Bucks did, they just would have taken him. Like, they wouldn't have bothered to trade out of it. They would have just taken the guy, and there wouldn't have been a trade. Um, it, it was probably more where maybe a team like, I don't know, the, the Dolphins was looking to trade up um, and get work there. Um, and the Bucks just had to outbid them, and so they just did a little switcheroo with... Um, with the Niners, but I, I do like that pick. Yeah. All right, well, then, obviously, the Niners up next day. Um, everyone thought they were going to maybe take a wide receiver, but they decided to take a D-tackle in Javon Kinlaw, obviously, to replace DeForest Buckner, who was traded to the court. Uh, sorry, not courts, Colts. Um, so, I mean, again, may, maybe should have taken, a, uh, like, a C.D. Lamb there, just because I don't know if you have that guy that just can catch everything, obviously with losing Emmanuel Sanders, but again, I'm, I'm not totally disagreeing with the pick. I think, yes, they need a wide receiver, but for the route they went, I think it was smart. And they went to de-tackle. Javon Kinlaw's the best tackle besides Derek Brown on this list of guys who were supposed to go in the first round. They're replacing DeForest Buckner, who they got this pick for. I mean... They probably are going to have some cap issues. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. That defense is only going to start making more and more money. I mean, you trade away DeForest Buckner. You bring in a guy on a rookie deal. That's what I'm assuming the 49ers are trying to do here, especially with what they ended up picking with their second pick in the first round. So I think it was a smart pick on their part. I'm excited to see what he does for that defense if he can, you know, do what that 49ers D-line did last year. Yeah, I mean, definitely makes sense there. There was also some speculation about them um, 
trying to find a successor to Joe Staley. But, I mean, we saw after Worfs went off the board, there go the top four um, tackles in the in the draft. Um, and so then you're left with a bunch of, like, second-tier, I guess, guys. Um, so, yeah, definitely a decent move. Uh, I could have seen a wide receiver here. Um, but I mean, they got a wide receiver later on anyway. Yeah. Um, moving on the next pick, the Denver Broncos, they take Jerry Judy, a wide receiver on Alabama. Um, I mean, this pick, I mean, I mean, I feel like at this point they were, they were, they were trying to take what they thought was the best player available. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with this because they the Broncos do have a solid young receiving core without Jerry Duty, but I mean he just adds to them. So, I mean. yeah. I mean, I know I said Ceedee Lamb was the best, in my opinion, the best player in this draft class when it comes to positional wide receiver, but Jerry Duty had comparisons to pros and greats. So, I mean, the pick kind of shocked me, not because the Broncos picked Jerry Duty, but because Jerry Duty fell to fifteen. I thought he was more of a he was more of a late single-digit, early double-digit pick, if that makes sense. I I, didn't, I just didn't think he would be here at 15. I thought maybe Henry Ruggs would have been here if they were going to go wide receiver. But, I mean, good on them. They got Jerry Judy. Like I said, he's compared to some of the throws that are, you know, all-time great. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely see why they would take a wide receiver here. You got Cortland Sutton, who looks like he's going to have a um, a great career ahead of him, but you don't have a whole lot of people next to him. Um, so you need someone like Jerry Judy there. Um, I could have seen C.D. Lamb, too, but I mean, one of the big praises for um, Judy as opposed to Lamb is his route running. So maybe um, that's what they were looking for. Um, I'm just glad that John Elway didn't decide to draft a quarterback again. As he has a habit of doing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Drew Locke is their guy for now. So, um, moving on, we have the 16th pick, and this is a pick I wasn't too happy about. Um, the Falcons taking cornerback AJ Terrell out of Clemson. I thought, I don't know. I just i I just think there's better players out there, like especially like. A safety or something. I don't know. Ethan, Ethan. I'm sorry, but I'm going to bring up the fact that you're being out of bounds for that last comment. You said a safety or something because you wanted them to take Xavier McKinney. Um, I'm, I, I am, though, with you. Um, I feel like the first 15 picks, although there were some kind of shockers I didn't have a problem with, I have a major problem with the Falcons taking AJ Terrell. I just... AJ Terrell's a good cornerback. He's at Clemson for a reason. He was their number one or number two. But I watched Jamar Chase absolutely pick him apart in the national championship. And it just caused some concerns. I, I don't know if he's a top half of the first round pick. I think they could have spent that pick a little bit better. And if they were going to go AJ Terrell, I think they definitely could have traded out of that pick for a later one. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Um, I think this pick surprised all of us. Um, yes, there were cornerback needs, but 
I don't know. There's probably even better quarter cornerbacks that were still on the board. Um, but like we said earlier, after Akuda and um, Henderson got drafted, you know, it, the water starts to get a little murky as to who to pick after that. Um, but I mean, I'm actually going to go with Ethan here on Xavier McKinney. I think that would have been a good choice for them. Um, Falcons need secondary health. Um, or I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Suppose they had taken someone like C.D. Lamb. That's a scary wide receiver core. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and C.D. Lamb with Matt Ryan as the quarterback. I don't know. That's I think that's probably top five wide receiver cores in the league. So yeah. I would even go so far as saying that. I mean, Brandon Cooks got traded to the Texans, so it's not anymore, but... That's about as scary as the Rams three-headed duo whenever they were in their prime two years ago when the uh, the Rams made the Super Bowl. I mean, to have three guys that potentially could be your number one wide receiver on the same team, that definitely would have been scary. Yeah. Yep. And speaking of C.D. Lamb, um, the Cowboys take him at 17 and obviously pairing him with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Um I feel like there was multiple reasons the Cowboys took this, but I feel like one of the bigger ones was so the Eagles could not get him. I mean, I see that. I know that there's a lot of people like jokingly saying that. I don't know if Jerry Jones and I, I just don't know if he actually did that to get at. I mean, I think he did it purely because, like I've been saying, with the other, whenever we mentioned the other two receivers, I think CeeDee Lamb, like Todd said, has amazing hands. He's explosive. He's a playmaker. He's got one of the best yards after catches. I'm pretty sure I've seen at least whenever I watch him play. I don't know what his actual stat is, but he's just he's so shifty. He can catch the ball. I mean, I just I I don't I can't praise him enough. Ceedee Lamb is he's special. I've watched him the last two years playing college football, and he's definitely going to suit that Cowboys offense. That's going to be a scary offense as well. Yeah, and I think really. This, I, I'd say this shocked probably all three of us um, that Lamb fell this far. Um, and I think this, really, he fell into the lap of the Cowboys. Um, they weren't expecting to have him. And this is one of those where, yes, you take kind of a need because after Michael Gallup um, and Amari Cooper you don't really have a whole lot at wide receiver if you're the Cowboys. So definitely a need there. Um, and when you have a guy as good as Lamb still on the board, it's a no-brainer to take him. Um, I don't see them trying to mess up the Eagles as their primary reason uh, for taking Lamb, but definitely a uh, an added bonus. Yeah. All right, moving on. The Miami Dolphins take – Offensive lineman Austin Jackson out of USC. Um, obviously, Dolphins O line not the best. So I mean, I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with this pick. But yeah, that's kind of how. That's the same. I mean, we said uh, there was there was rumors that the Dolphins would take an offensive tackle instead of Tua at five, 
And so, obviously, they were looking for an offensive tackle. The four that we mentioned before that we said were kind of standouts amongst the offensive line class already went. They went with, I guess, what they they think was the next best available guy in Austin Jackson. Smart pick to get the offensive line a little bit better, I think, at least. Yeah, um, definitely agree with the need. And as far as guys on the table... Jackson is probably the next best guy, or at least up there in the next best guys. I could also have seen them taking someone like Xavier McKinney, because after they traded um, Minka Fitzpatrick to Pittsburgh, I mean, that's how they got this pick, um, that leaves a hole at, at safety. I mean, corner, you're good. You've got Byron Jones, and you've got um, Xavier Howard. But in the middle, it's just kind of like a black hole. <laughs> so um, you you would definitely need someone to shore that up. But I don't have a whole lot of a problem with Austin Jackson here. Yeah. And uh, moving on to the uh, 19th pick, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders take Damon Arnett out of Ohio State cornerback. Um, again, Obviously, Todd said after um, Akuda and Tita Anderson, the, the cornerbacks get a little murky in terms of rankings. But I mean, D- Damon Arnett—he's uh, a—he's a—he all—he was a teammate to Jeff Akuda. He's a decent, decent corner. So I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with the pick necessarily. I'm I'm gonna go a uh, different route there. Um, I, I, we had some questions with AJ Terrell, but at least with AJ Terrell. There were mock drafts that had him going in the first round. I checked probably 10 to 15 mock drafts yesterday before the draft, and not one of them had Damon Arnett in the first round. And I'm not knocking his playing ability, because I have watched him play at Ohio State. I've watched some film. He is he's a good corner. He's there for a reason. He's the backup of Jeff Okuda. So although he is cornerback number two, he's cornerback to one of the best cornerbacks in the country. But I just I didn't even see Damon Arnett being a first round pick, let alone top twenty. Yeah, same thing here. Honestly, I looked at this pick and I went, "Who?" <laughs> like, I, and again, not to knock Damon Arnett here, but I literally before last night had never heard of this guy, um, and I I don't know. Yes, you have the need, especially, like we said in the mocks, after the Eli Apple deal fell through, but I don't think he's your answer. Um, And yes, you can, I mean, even I brought it up, the murkiness of the the cornerback class after Akuda and Henderson, I still don't think it's murky enough to go after someone like Damon Arnett. I think there are better cornerbacks in there than Arnett. I mean, Trayvon Diggs didn't even go in the first round. I could have easily seen them take someone like Diggs here. Um, Or even guys like um, Noah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name. Actually, I am. Igg. Benogeni, um or Jeff Gladney, those guys both got drafted later on um, and would probably be better um, for the Raiders than Damon Arnett, um, or even some of the guys that didn't get picked, like I said, like uh, Trayvon Diggs. I just don't think Arnett's your answer here. 
Well, obviously, the Raiders definitely took picks we weren't necessarily expecting. Um, we knew the needs they had, but we didn't know they were going to take those players. So, moving on to pick 20. Uh, the Jaguars get an explosive speed rusher. Uh, Clayvon. Please don't. No, Ethan, please don't say it in your French accent. That's Cl- Clavon Chasen. Clavon Chasen will say I, I don't know if that's it's, a reference. It's Kalavon. There's an apostrophe Kalavon. Kalavon Chasen. All right, Kalavon Chasen uh, out of LSU. Um, honestly, that just makes the Jaguars' defense look scary because obviously you just got C.J. Henderson, you have Miles Jack, you've got Josh Allen, and now you've got this guy. I mean, that's a decent defense there. Obviously, probably not the defense we saw uh, a couple years ago when the Jaguars made the AFC Championship, but still, this defense looks pretty scary. I wouldn't even call it a, de- a decent defense. I'd say they're good. I wouldn't say they're great, but they're good. I mean, you got a guy. Now, obviously, they have the problem with Yannick and Gakwe. I mean, you don't really know how it's going to go. But you got, if, if he stays with the Jaguars, you got him, you got Ngakwe, and you got Josh Allen, who can all rest, rush the quarterback. You just picked up C.J. Henderson. You got a decent linebacking core with Miles Jack, and I can't remember the name of the other guy. Uh Shoot. Who is the other linebacker who plays for the Jaguars? Josh, I'll look it up. Josh Allen. No, no, no. There's another middle linebacker who plays for... Not middle linebacker, but... Is it Paul Puz- another... Is it Paul Puzlesny? I don't know who I'm thinking of. There's another... Their defense, I would say, is good. Yeah. Are you talking about Joe Scobert? No. I mean, he's good, too, but that's not who I'm thinking of. Who am I thinking of? Miles Jack. I think you're thinking of Josh Allen because he is a linebacker. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember who I'm thinking of. But there's there, there's a guy that I'm thinking of. Maybe he moved on from the team. I don't know. I could be completely screwing something up here. Who yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot of these guys. So I think that's... Who in the world am I thinking of? Well, we'll figure it out. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't really have a problem with this pick. Um, I mean, we're talking one of the guys who's looking like probably the best pass rusher um, after Chase Young. So, yeah, I think smart pick here. Yeah. Um. Next, we got the Eagles. And obviously, um, a lot of Eagles fans were not necessarily happy with this pick. Um. They took Jalen Rieger out of TCU. Again, it's like the Raiders. They addressed the need, but I think like I think it was in a bad way. Obviously, with a guy like Justin Jefferson still available, I mean, I would have taken Justin Jefferson over Jalen Rieger. I think that your comment about taking Justin Jefferson over Jalen Rieger is a good one because I would have taken Justin Jefferson over Jalen Rieger too. But I think your comment on... The Eagles fans not being happy. It's not a wrong comment. I feel like there are a lot of Eagles fans that aren't happy, but I feel like there's no reason for them not to be. Because when you look at the film, Jalen Rieger was arguably just as explosive as CeeDee Lamb was last year. And it's just because I feel like that ECU hasn't had a good team in a while. They really haven't had that hype, but I think Eagles fans will be a little bit they'll they'll be a little more accepting when Jalen Rieger's out there making plays on Greg Ward. You know, catching 21 balls in the last four games because they simply don't have a wide receiver. 
I mean, I, I'm going to go more with Ethan here. Um, I mean, we're all in agreement that they addressed the need, but maybe not in the right way. Um, but I just feel like one of the concerns, at least that I've seen um, in, in the media, at least, is uh, with Rieger's hands. And, I mean, for an Eagles team that, like you mentioned, was just not catching balls, especially when you talk about young wide receivers like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Like, no hate on him, but I just remember Eagles fans that I know just, like, literally grimacing at him, just balls bouncing off of his hands. And I don't know. This might bring back some bad memories of last year, especially when you got a guy like Justin Jefferson still on the table. All right, well... Moving on to the uh, the Vikings, and obviously they got this pick due to the uh, the trade with the Buffalo Bills, uh, Stefan Diggs, and they do take Justin Jefferson, which is kind of a I would almost say like a replacement to Stefan Diggs. Obviously, with now you got Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, that's a pretty decent wide receiving core still. So I like the pick. I would go. I would say it, it's a complete replacement of Stefan Diggs. I think it's exactly what the um, the 49ers had in mind with whenever they took Javon Kimlaw, they traded a guy who wants a lot of money, who's older, or a guy who's younger, who has a good upside. I feel like they did the same thing with Stephon Diggs. They traded a guy who wants a lot of money, who's a little bit older, and now they have a rookie on a rookie contract with Justin Jefferson, who could prove to be a very smart pick for them. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I was actually kind of thinking about that. Um, I, I like this pick. Um, I think he'll be a good replacement for Stefan Diggs and maybe without all the attitude. Um, and um, looking now at my clock, we've got 10 minutes left. So let's do a speed round of the last 10 picks here. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, let's roll. Um, uh, 23, Chargers take Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. I... Uh, why don't we just say if we like or dislike the pick? So I like this pick. I like this pick. I said in the mock draft, he's a high guy. So yeah, yeah, I like this pick. All right, number twenty-four, Caesar Ruiz, center out of Michigan, goes to the New Orleans Saints. Um, again, dressing the line needs. I like this pick. I do not. Um, it took Eric McCoy last year. Kind of speaks for itself. Two centers and two drafts. Ah, uh, that's true. I mean, I could go either way on this pick. Um, yes, you mentioned Eric McCoy, um, but Ruiz has also played guard, so you could shift him there. Depending on what Sean Payton decides to do, I could go either way. All right, um, number 25, Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State goes to the 49ers. Um, again, they do address the receiver need here, so I, I like this pick. I do and don't, I think. Good job addressing the, I think, Denzel Mims may have been the better player. Um... Yeah, I think good job addressing the like Jr. said. Good job addressing the need, but I feel like there were better players. I was actually kind of surprised they didn't take someone like Lavisca Chanel. But number twenty six, one of the most interesting picks of the draft, uh, the Green Bay Packers take quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State. Um, I mean, I've got mixed opinions about this. I- I'm gonna say 
I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is necessarily done yet, but I mean, I, I, I don't mind this pick. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You hated this pick last night. That is true. I love, I love this pick. I think as soon as the Packers traded for it, I knew they were taking Jordan Love. It just made sense to me as soon as I saw their name. Aaron Rodgers is old, despite the fact that he's still competing. So, a nice young quarterback. He's about the age that Brett Favre got kicked. Or Aaron Rodgers is about the age Brett Favre got kicked out. So, I think we could be seeing that again. Definitely agree with that. I'm not as big of a fan of this, um, just because I'm not entirely sold on Jordan Love. And um, I don't know, I feel like there were bigger needs for the backers, especially at tight end. Um, But, yeah. All right, moving on to the uh, 27th pick. We got the Seattle Seahawks taking Jordan Brooks. Uh, I think good job addressing the needs again. I would have taken Patrick Queen here over. Yeah, I second that. I would have taken Patrick Queen, but good job addressing the need at middle linebacker. Yeah, I'll make it three. This is another one of those guys where I looked at his name and I went, who? Um, and, yeah, I'd say out of the the linebackers that were still on the board, I'd say he not only falls under Patrick Queen, but even a guy like um, Zach Vaughn. Yeah. All right, well, moving on to the 28th pick, we got the Ravens taking Patrick Queen. Um, I thought it was a good pick. I also did. I mean, I've seen these guys. He got comparisons to Ray Lewis, so if he's going to be Ray Lewis, good for them, Ravens. Yep, I'll make that three. Um, Moving on, 29, we got the Titans taking Isaiah Wilson, uh, O-Tackle out of Georgia. I thought this was a good pick. I think it's a good pick, but it kind of shocked me that he went in the first round. I didn't even have him in the first round. Didn't see him in many mock drafts, so a little bit of a shocker, but a good pick. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say the same thing. You definitely need someone after you lose. Um, shoot, I forget who they lost, but he went to the Browns. Ah, uh, shoot. Uh, Jack Conklin? No. Yes. Yeah, Jack it was Jack Conklin. Conklin. Jack Conklin. Um. Anyway, yeah, you need someone to hold down the fort. All right, moving on to 30. They, the Miami Dolphins take the cornerback that I can't name, Noah Igbenogany. I don't know. Igbenogany. Igbenogany. That's definitely not right, but okay. Igbenogany. Is it really? Yeah, cornerback out of Auburn. I think that was a good pick. So, Well, actually, I don't know. Probably should have taken a safety because they already have okay. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. I got, a, I got differing opinions on this at first. Me and Ethan, I'm pretty sure me and you last night went, who? Who is this guy? Like, we knew that there were better cornerbacks than him. But I have been watching a little bit of film on him this morning, and he's a pretty hands-on, man-to-man cornerback. And that cornerback core, kind of, it kind of scares me in the Dolphins. So I think, despite my questions last night, it was a good pick. I don't think this was a good pick. You have Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. But you, like I said earlier, you need a safety. I think you need to take uh, Xavier McKinney here over. Uh, no matter how good of a cornerback you can draft here, I, I don't see the need. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to the 31st pick. The Vikings take Jeff Gladney, uh, cornerback out of TCU. I thought this was a good pick for them. Yeah, I did too. I'm over Terrell and Ornette, so him going here was not exactly a surprise because he was still on the board. Yeah, I like the pick. 
maybe would have liked to have seen Trayvon Diggs here. Maybe it's just my my Vikings love for the Diggs family, but um, yeah, I think definitely addressed a need here. All right, then the last pick in the first round, we have the Kansas City Chiefs taking running back Clyde edwards Elair out of LSU. Um, I thought this was a very interesting pick. I do think it does fit the Chiefs' system, so I think he should thrive there, honestly. Yeah, and Ethan, this is going to make you mad because I know it made you mad last night, but LSU, with this pick, had five players Alabama had four drafted in the first round, so I just want to put that out there to make Ethan mad, but... I think it's smart because although there were, I feel, better guys like J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, and DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Elair kind of fits the Chiefs system a little bit better now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, it fit it better, but I don't know. I feel like, like you mentioned, there were better guys here. And I'm surprised that he's the first quarter, sorry, not quarter, running back that um, off the board. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's that pretty much wraps it up, so. Yep, we got three minutes to spare. Um, so, yeah, one more thing I do want to share. Um, on a podcast note, this is going to be my last episode um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, so I'm going to be on hiatus. Um, but as far as I know, Ethan and JR are going to still uh, crank out content. Um, so keep listening to these guys. Um, you just won't be hearing from me for a while. All right. Well, uh, we Let's thank you. Ta- we thank you, Todd, for um being on the uh show for as long as you were, and we hope you uh join us again soon. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Let's let's get one more of those famous sign offs from you before we uh can't get any more. Let's do it. All right. Um. So until next time, I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zrak. And we are signing off. All right.